0: month, right? And uh, God never designed us to go through life alone. He said uh, real early on it's not good for the man to be alone. And uh, it seems like women sometimes can do without the men, but uh, guys don't do alone very very well, right guys? And, uh, and so, but he said it's not good for people to be alone. We're created from relationships. So the series has been called From This Day Forward. And uh, and so those are words that most of us said at one form or another in our wedding vows, right? And and uh, and so let's look at the, the theme verse, and then we'll get going into today's message. But it's based on Lamentations. Uh, and Jeremiah wrote Lamentations. He was called a weeping prophet, and uh, that's because he. I mean, he lamented. I mean, <laughs> Lamentations is a book of lament, and here's what he said: the thought. Of my suffering and homelessness is bitter beyond words. In other words, all the mess-ups I've done in the past is bitter beyond words. I will never forget this awful time as I grieve over my loss, yet I still dare to hope. Say that, yet I still dare to hope when I remember this, the faithful love of the Lord never ends. Say that with me, the faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is His faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh every morning. The cool thing is you can have the worst day today, and tomorrow is a new day. His mercies are new every day. So we've got hope uh, because of the the faithful love of the Lord never ends. It never does. And He renews those mercies every day. So last week we asked the question, are great relationships possible? Are great relationships possible? And, and the answer is yes, even though a lot of people might say no. But, but they're, they're possible, but they're not likely if we live like the rest of the world lives. If we just keep doing what everybody else in our culture does, uh, and uh, the odds are about 50%. But then we talked about how you can reverse those odds and make them about 99% uh, where you can do it. And just to review real quick, last week we looked at a, a Harvard business study that said if people will pray together, talk about the Bible together, and go to church together, there are 99% chance of making it in their marriage, that they will not divorce. That was Harvard. That wasn't wasn't like Southern Baptists. That wasn't the Assemblies of God study. That wasn't a religious study. That was a business school that did that study. So it's amazing. uh, And so last week we looked at the whole series. And so last week we looked at number one was what? Seek God. And uh, then the second one we looked at was to fight fair, and that's what we're going to talk about today. Uh, how many of you just love to fight? Not many of us, probably, but uh, next week, we're going to talk about how to have fun, guys. You want to be here for that. And then uh, four, we're going to talk about stay pure, and then the last one is never give up, and that's where kind of our t- till death do us part comes in, and, and let me just tell you, ladies, to death do us part does not mean you can murder him, uh, you know, uh, You say, well, I can't divorce him, so I'll just kill him. No, that's not what that means. And uh, so say this with me. From this day forward, write it down. I will fight fair. We're going to learn how to fight fair. Now, I thought, I I was looking at, at silly and thinking about silly fights that couples get into sometimes. Some of them aren't silly, like which way the toilet paper goes in the bathroom, you know. I mean, more fights over, does it come over the top or does it come off the bottom? And then, and then, ladies, one that seems to hit ladies a lot is the toothpaste tube, and and this is like if he would just put the lid back on. I mean, you know, guys like to squeeze from the middle, you know. I mean, we just grab it and squeeze. Ladies, y'all like it to be neat, you know, things like that. Uh, One lady, they had a fight. Uh, They were uh, actually on a vacation and they had their cat with them, and uh, which is a mistake anyway. I'm a dog person, but they had the cat in the hotel and. And so the lady's job was to empty the cat litter. Well, she emptied it, but she poured it in the toilet, and it made, and it set up like concrete in the toilet. Hence, they had a little fight over that. And uh, and then so you know, uh, I I thought of, I forgot to put the picture up for this one. Guys are notorious. We don't like to read directions, right? And how many times have you ladies said if you just read the directions, you you, you know the, it would have been put together right, right? And so uh, or or another one is the thermostat control. Anybody, you know, we have a remote control, so it's like dueling phones on ours now. It's like, okay, I'm, I'm hot. I'm going to turn it colder. And then in the middle of the night, she gets hot, so she turns it down to refrigerate. And then, and then you know, I'm laying there with like 15 blankets on top. And uh, and so, or, or another one, what about the remote control? People fight over the remote control. And, uh, and, and so we don't fight. She just has it all the time in our house. It's like... She'll say, well, well do, how do you do this? I said, I don't know. I've never touched that remote control, but I mean, you know, or the volume on the TV, you know, uh, listening versus fixing it. Guys, we we start listening, and she's about two sentences in, and what are we we're thinking about how to fix the problem? Now, we know you ladies already know how to fix the problem. You just want us to hear it so you can, you know, explain how you feel, and uh, and so guys, we're just not good at that, or where to spend the holidays, His his family or my family, you know, whatever, and... And uh, or or this one is a silly one. Uh, he leaves hairs in the sink when he shaves. I mean, you know. So y'all, uh, whatever. And then uh, or would you please leave the lid down? I forget where it was. There was a men's restroom I walked into, and it said, "This is a place where you can leave the lid up." And uh, you know, it was it was like yes, you know, and. Uh, and so uh, you know, or or some ladies would go, if he'd just flush the toilet, I'd be happy. I mean, you know, uh, or the right way to drive. I mean, you know, some uh, anybody argue over driving. I mean, how, how he drives or how she drives or or whatever. One day, Pastor Kathy decided she's gonna get even with me, and she did a U turn at about forty five miles an hour, <laughs> and they had me planted on the on the uh, the side of the the glass over there, and uh, and so. Uh, Anyway, she's always a good, so I've been getting even with her ever since then with my driving. But, um, so anyway, so that's a, that's a few things. Or, uh, you know, uh, you know, um, maybe the use of Facebook. And, and let me just say this. Some of y'all don't need to put some of the stuff you put on Facebook on there. But, but maybe people argue about that. So no matter what the condition of your relationships, no matter how silly the fights have been, and, and usually the fights we have are over silly stuff like that, the toothpaste roll, the toilet paper I don't know if the toilet paper is really silly, but anyway, uh, all of those things, you know, no matter what the condition of our relationships, I want to tell you today: there's hope. I mean, if there's even serious dis- uh, problems, there's hope, and uh, and there are people everywhere that need hope. And as you have hope, you can spread that hope. But our hope comes through relationship with Jesus, and and God designed relationships. And so, let me just read a couple of passages here where God talks about relationships. He said, this explains why a man leaves his father and mother. I know, ladies, another argument that happens is he never really left his father and mother, right? He's still, you know, well, you don't cook it like my mama did. Guys, those are words that never need, young guys, if you're not married, never, ever say that. Or you might be eating your mama's cooking again. I mean, you know, this explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. And so they're united, and then... Uh, in Psalm, the psalmist said, how wonderful and pleasant. Look at those words. Wonderful and pleasant it is when brothers, that's talking about people, live together in harmony. And, uh, and so as husbands and wives, we're to live together in harmony. In all of our relationships, we're to live together in harmony. And He says then in Psalm 133, harmony is refreshing. He wants your relationships to be refreshing. Do you feel refreshed when you're around people? You know, you say, well, Pastor Robert, you're you're a people person. Of course you feel refreshed. I mean, I'm energized. I remember hearing Condoleezza Rice one time talk about when she was on the campaign trail. I forget which bush it was with. She said he would be energized at the end of the day, being out there with people, and I would be exhausted. See, being around people energizes me, but some people it doesn't. But are you refreshed in your relationships? He said they're refreshing as the dew from Mount Hermon. Now, we've seen Mount Hermon. Uh, uh, over in Israel, and that falls from the mountains of Zion, of Israel, and there the Lord has pronounced his blessing, even life everlasting. So he talks about treasure, blessing, refreshing, everlasting. Those, those are pictures of heaven and on earth in our relationships. Now, God didn't design our relationships to be just surviving. He wanted them to be relationships where we thrive. And, and so uh, last week we talked about there's a 50% chance that people don't make it. That's about the divorce rate in our country. It might be higher than that or lower depending on when. But, but we saw how you can turn it around and turn the odds around of making that. And so we talked about that. And so one of the things we've got to do uh, to have great relationships is to learn how to fight. Now, listen, we're all going to fight because we're all less than perfect, right? You know, we're not perfect. None of us are, not even you ladies, and uh, although you're close, but we're not, and so we're going to have arguments. We're going to fight, but we've got to learn to fight fair. And uh, I remember, uh, you know, a guy telling a story about how him and a good friend of his uh, were arguing at church, and uh, and so uh, he said he said, "Well, I'm tired of this. Let's just go outside and settle this right now." And The guy said, "Dude, I'm not fighting you at church." He said, "Okay, tomorrow at work." They were roofing a house together to earn money to go to a a, 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 a a, a school on uh, or a, like a conference on how to witness and so so they went to work and 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 so they were there before work. and this guy had some of his friends there, and they were they were kind of got in each other's face fighting and this guy said well look i'm on i'm on i'm gonna you know i'm gonna give you the um you make the first move but i'm gonna finish the fight and so the guy did like this, and this guy punched him and and all of a sudden he's beating on him he's got him under his head, just beating on him and he said he finally stopped and he said look we can we can in this right now, and uh, we can, we can part friends, and he said we can end it right now. But we're not friends, and that guy left, and uh, ruined that relationship with that fight. Now, what what do we do? We don't always punch people, but we fight in a way to win, and we lose our relationships, and that's what we we want to talk about because fights are going disagreements. Fights are going to be inevitable, however you want to call that but we, we, wanna, we, we don't want to take the wrong road in relationships like we do so often. So write this down. We're fighting the wrong enemy. We're fighting the wrong enemy. Somehow we've, we've convinced ourselves that our spouse or our date or our friend or somebody is the enemy when they're not. They're getting under your last nerve. They're, they're bugging you to death, and, and you think they're the enemy. But the Bible teaches we don't fight flesh and blood enemies. It says, look what Paul said in Ephesians 6. He said, we're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against the evil spirits in heavenly places. We're, We're fighting a spiritual fight. Let me tell you something. There's an enemy that we all have. His name is the devil. Some people say, well, I don't believe in the devil. Well, Jesus did, so I do. And, and the Bible says the thief, that's the devil, wants to kill, steal, and destroy your life. One of the ways he does that is through our relationship. So your enemy is not your spouse. It's not your coworkers. It's the devil. And, and, and he uses people. Now, the problem is he uses people that look just like us. You know, in the Vietnam War, and really, uh, in, in, uh, in, well, in, in the Vietnam War, we were fighting a war against the North Vietnamese, and the problem was the South Vietnamese looked exactly like the North Vietnamese. And, and so you didn't know if the enemy was right there in your camp. Well, folks, that's what's happened. When we think the other person is our enemy, uh, we've got the enemy right here in our camp, and he's the devil, and he wants to destroy your life. And so we've got to make sure that we're not fighting the wrong enemy. We've got we, to take that to where we realize that the enemy is a spiritual being. It's the devil who wants to destroy your relationships. He might be using somebody and using them well, but they're not your enemy. The devil is. Mark, Jesus said this, a family splintered by feuding will fall apart. And when you're feuding in a family, when you're always arguing and can't work it out, uh, that family is going to fall apart. And so we're we're fighting the wrong enemy. And we've got to We've got to begin recognizing who the enemy is. He's a spiritual being that wants to destroy your family. Number two, we're driven by wrong motives. Write that down. We're driven by wrong motives. James, the half-brother of Jesus, said this. What's causing quarrels and fights among you? Don't they come from the evil desires that war within you? And, And so he's saying right there, hey, guys, you have evil desires. We all have evil. Those are selfish things we want, right? He said, you want what you don't have, so you scheme and kill to get it. You're jealous of what others have, but you can't get it, so you fight and wage war to take it away from them. So you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. And then he says this, and even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are wrong. You, on, you want only what will give you pleasure. He's saying, hey, look, your motives are wrong because you're only wanting selfish pleasures. You're only wanting what you want. You're not thinking about what the other person wants, and and that is so true in our relationships. I had a guy one time. I was I was uh, talking to him and his wife, and she needed a new dishwasher because it was broken. He was wanting a new computer, and he was going, "Man, she's got to submit to me." And I said, "Well, right before that, it says submit one to another. And plus, it says you're supposed to love her like Jesus loved the church." And he said, "What do you mean?" I said, "That means you are buying her a dishwasher, dude." And he said, "Would you leave my house?" You know, and so just couldn't deal with the truth, right? You know, but. But in this, it's all about you, you, you. We have the wrong motives. The secret to a successful relationship uh, with living with a God-first life is to put other people ahead of ourselves. We've got to put other people, the needs of that other person, ahead of ourselves. Number three, we're using the wrong tactics. We're using the wrong tactics. We're demanding our right to be right. I remember Pastor Kathy had an inmate one time (laughs) And she represented herself, I think, and, 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 uh, in court. And she, was, uh, she wanted to be heard because she felt like she was right. And finally, the judge said, Ma'am, every time you open your mouth, I'm giving you five more years. She got 25 extra years just because she couldn't shut up because she wanted to be heard. She wanted to be right. And, uh, and you can be right, and you can uh, still suffer the consequence. The greatest relationships take bet- place between two people who are trying to outserve each other. When one person sees the needs of the other person as more important than their own, that's when you've got some good things happening. Paul said in First Corinthians 6, he said, Don't you realize that we will judge the angels? So you should surely be able to resolve ordinarily ordinary disputes in this life. He said, You're going to one day judge the angels. Shouldn't you be able to work out your little differences on which way the toilet paper rolls or 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 about the toothpaste roll, or even cat litter. I don't know. But uh, he said in, in chapter 6, verse 7, he said, even uh, to have such lawsuits with one another is a defeat for you. Why not just accept the injustice and leave it at that? <coughs> That's big. Because we want this fairness. I've got to be right. And I was right, Pastor Robert. He was wrong. I was right. But you're going to and lose that relationship. Because you want to be right. You want to be right. Uh, You know, there's a tombstone one time said, here lies the body of William J. who died maintaining his right of way. He was right, but he was just as dead as if he was wrong. Think about it. That's the way we are in our relationship sometimes. Dale Carnegie said this, figure it out for yourself which you would rather have, an academic victory or another person's goodwill. You see, is it more important to you to be right or is it more important to you to have the relationship? For some people, they just got to be right, and that's why nobody likes them. It's not why nobody wants to be around them. That's why, you know, uh, people just like, woo they can clear a room, you know. And, and, and so it's not about being right. It's about having the relationship. Paul said, why not just accept the injustice and leave it at that? Why not let yourselves be cheated? And, uh, and so there's a principle there now. Uh, Dale Carnegie said, figure it out, and uh, I want the other person's goodwill. He he says, you can seldom have both. Solomon said it like this, an offended friend is harder to win back than a fortified city. Once you offend that friend, it's hard to win them back. It's easier not to offend them. Arguments separate friends like a gate locked with bars. And so when we're fighting, we've got to fight fair but we, we, we don't fight that way we're destroying relationships and we're all going to have disagreements you got to understand that and I'm, I'm not saying we're not going to disagree and there's times that we need to disagree with what's being taught in our culture and what's going on and uh and stuff but when we are in involved with each other when we're talking we've got to learn to fight fair and uh and so when unhealthy couples fight they fight dirty I mean uh, unhealthy couples fight to, to win the fight, right? And uh, healthy couples fight for resolution. They fight to a resolution of the problem. So when you're healthy, when both of you have a good relationship with the Lord, when you're secure in who you are and, and, and everything, you're looking for a resolution to the disagreement. You know, okay, well, we can either get to the North Shore going through Slidell or Causeway. It don't matter. We're going to the same spot. You figure it out. You don't, you don't have to be right. Uh, you know, and and uh, and so you, uh, but unhealthy people fight to win. So we have got to make the decision that we're going to change the direction or course of our lives and and choose to learn to fight fair. So say this with me from this day forward. All right, It's what happens from today. Here's the cool thing: we got too many people want to live in the past and 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 worry about what's in the past. We've got to go from this. This day forward, you might have been horrible back there. But from this day forward, you'd make a different commitment. And so uh, you might be thinking, well, my relationships are messed up. My kids don't have anything to do with me. You got to learn to fight fair. Listen to what James said, half-brother Jesus. He said, understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You must all be what? Quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. The problem is is we're usually quick to speak, quick to get angry, and we're slow to listen if we listen at all, right? Human anger, he says, does not produce the righteousness that God desires. So we've got to learn from that. We're going to learn some principles from this passage I want to just share with you uh, as we go here. So number one, write this down. From this day forward, I will stop and listen carefully. I will listen carefully carefully. Some of, some of y'all, that might be a new thing, you know. And look, when your wife, guys, when your wife faints, just fan her, pick her up. And, and she said, what'd you just do? I just listened. <laughs> so you got to stop. Most of us react. You know, most of us react instead of sitting there responding. Heard a guy today say, when you get angry, if you're rea- angry, count to 10. If you're really getting angry, count to 100 and keep your mouth shut. You know, and and so uh, you know, ninety nine percent of the time when we react, it's the wrong thing to say. If you, anybody besides me, you've ever when the when the words were about right here, you're going let me get them back, but it's too late. You can't get those words back, and and so we've got to be quick to listen. Is what James said. We've got to be quick to listen, and uh, and so uh, you know. Uh, and and it's not necessarily that you're saying something stupid. I mean, there's been times when uh, Pastor Kathy's sharing something, and and I, I'm just like guys are. I'm coming up with a fix, and so I even interrupt her. She'll go, "Can you please let me finish?" And uh, you know, and uh, and so you know, we got to be quick to listen, folks. Quick to listen. Look what Proverbs 18:2 said. Fools have no interest in understanding; they only want their air, their own opinion. So I highlighted that where it reads, "Fools." only want to air their own opinions. Guys, when I am reading scripture, I'm going, Lord, please don't let me be that fool. Please don't let me, let me long for understanding and listen. So fools only want to air their own opinions. So uh, somebody one time said we're a lot smarter when we're not talking. So uh, we need to stop and listen and understand instead of pontificating our own opinions. A lot of us like to pontificate. Uh, You will sit out there and we'll pontificate our opinions and and listen, us guys, we just don't get it. We we can't do two things at one time like women. I mean, if we're watching TV or we're doing something on our computer, and you're up there talking, and and uh, we don't hear you. we don't hear you. Now we know you ladies, y'all can uh, y'all can be feeding kids, grandkids, cooking, cleaning, uh, and telling us what we need to be doing all at the same time. And uh, but guys, we're more one track. All right, our brains are just wired different. So we've got to listen and understand. And, uh, and, and so, guys, you might try this. Repeat what you think you heard them say. And, uh, or ladies, do the same thing because sometimes men are from Mars and women are from Venus. And, I mean, it's just different languages. And, and uh, you know, and so we've got to listen. But when you do that, you affirm your spouse's feelings and what they're saying and, uh, and that you're hearing them. Plus, you're getting it right because they'll let you know if you didn't hear it right. And, uh, and so try saying this. I can understand how you would feel this way. When I did that, you hadn't admitted that you committed a crime or anything. You just said, well, I understand how you feel. And, uh, And you're affirming their feelings. And so you've got to stop and listen carefully and do that. Number two, and this is important for everybody, guard your words vigilantly. Guard your words. That's that slow to speak part James talked about yeah that if you don't guard your words, you know so look look at this and use it on yourself. Proverbs says this: watch your tongue and keep your mouth shut, <laughs> and then guys you'll stay out of trouble. I put the guy's part in there uh, you know but but watch your tongue and keep your mouth shut, and you'll stay out of trouble. Watch your tongue, keep your mouth shut, and you'll stay out of trouble. How many times has your wife or your husband told you don't don't get in it, don't get in it. And just walk away, and, and you didn't walk away, and you got in trouble. And uh, so uh, watch your tongue and keep your mouth shut, and you'll stay out of trouble. And and so we've got to do that. Words are important. Uh, you know, how many of you ever heard this old saying, sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me? It's the biggest lie I ever told. Yeah. Words hurt. Words keep people from talking to each other for 30 years, 40 years, the rest of their lives. And uh, And so we've got to understand that words inflict pain on people. They can speak life or we can speak death. But once your words are out there, you can't get them back. And uh, so when you're getting ready to say something, this isn't in your outline, so you might want to write in the side of it. I I thought of this later. But uh, ask these questions. Should what I'm about to say be said at all? Should what I'm about to say be said at all? Think about it. All of us have said something we shouldn't shouldn't have never been said. And then number two, and should it be said now? Should it be said now? If you're in the heat of the moment, you might have something that, that maybe it should pass that first question, but you've got to ask, should I say it right this minute? answer both of those is probably no most of the time, just so you know. We need to work on our relationships during times of no conflict. When you're mad at each other, that's not the time to try and bring correction uh, to anything. And so in a non-conflict time, you might ask your spouse, Honey, how am I doing? How am I doing? Just be ready for the answer if you ask that question. Or what can I do better? What can I do better? Ask them that. They'll tell you. So you want to you do that during a non-conflict time. How am I doing? And what can I do better? What can I do better? And, uh, and so... Uh, you know, I'm I'm not charging you for these extras. Okay, they're they're for you. Now, before you get into a conflict, Fred, this is for you. You gotta you gotta you gotta establish some rules of engagement. Are you military guys? Rules of engagement, and uh, and so here they are. Here they are. One, never call names. Never call names. Wish our politicians would listen to that one. Never call names. Never, did I say never call names? Don't call each other names. Never get historical. Not hysterical, historical. Ladies or guys, don't remind your spouse of everything they've ever done that hurt your feelings in life. Don't remind them of what they did to their mama. Don't remind them of, of everything that they've ever done wrong. One guy one time said, man, when my wife gets mad, she goes historical on me. He said, don't you mean hysterical? He said, no, she reminds me of everything I've ever done. So don't do that. Never get historical. Number three is never say never or always. You always do this. You never do that. You know, don't never say never and never say always. Talking about fighting fair, talking about fighting fair. There's always an exception to that never or always thing. Somewhere in there. And then number four, never raise your voice. Now I know in New Orleans we're loud, yeah, you know, but never raise your voice. Jimmy Evans says a discussion will never rise above the level it reaches in the first three minutes. So if you keep it calm, it'll stay there. Never raise your voice. Or in Georgia, we'd say, "Don't yell at each other." Number five, never, ever, ever threaten divorce that D word never should be spoken between a couple that are married never threaten divorce and number six this is a big one never quote the Bible in a conflict to prove your point usually the guys are the ones do this I don't know maybe ladies do it too but guys will quote the Bible it's like that guy said she's got to submit to me misquoting a scripture As if him buying his new computer was something she needed to submit to. Never use the Bible to prove your point. You don't know, she might know more scriptures than you do and come back at you. (laughs) But the Bible's not a weapon. So make sure to guard your words, okay? Make sure you guard your words and so... Uh, ask yourself those questions. You know, we'll save ourselves a lot of grief if we'll do those, okay? And uh, and so then number three, the big number three, is manage your anger righteously. In other words, manage my anger in the right way. Manage my anger in the right way. That's that slow to get angry part. James said slow to get angry. Look what Paul said in Ephesians 4, 26 and 7. He said this. Don't sin by letting anger control you. He didn't say don't sin by getting angry. He said don't sin by letting anger control you. Jesus got angry. If getting angry is a sin, Jesus sinned, and we know Jesus didn't sin. Look, when Jesus cleared the temple, I've always said this. When Jesus cleared the temple, you didn't see anybody jump up there and say, Hey, dude, who do you think you are? That dude was throwing tables around. He was throwing the sacrifices that they were trying to rip people off. He was throwing money around. And nobody's gotten his way. He was angry, but he was angry at the right things. They had made a mockery of the temple, and they were cheating people so anger's not a sin, but he said don't let don't sin by letting anger control you. Anybody besides me you've ever let anger control you? I remember one time I was playing in a volleyball league years ago, and I could jump more than an inch and uh and and we'd played a softball game and gotten our brains beat out. So I was in a bad mood coming in. The referee made what I thought was a bad call, and it looked like Sergeant Carter and or, or Sergeant Beetle Bailey in the in the and the you know I was just right in front of him chewing him out. I ended up having to apologize to everybody in the gym. You know, here's the guy that's the leader of the Sunday school class chewing out. Fortunately, I didn't say any cuss words, but uh, you know, anyway, I mean, it was all clean words, but. But we've got to we've got to learn to control our anger, not let it control you. A friend of mine was was in traffic, and a guy blew his horn at a red light, and he looked back, and the guy's shooting him the finger with both hands, and and so he gets out of his car and he goes back there, and he's kicking this guy's car and shaking it. And I mean, today they'd just shoot you if you do that, but this is before guns came, before everybody went totally crazy. And he's shaking this guy's car, and the guy's going, "Man, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, never do it again." My buddy gets back in the car, and he. He looks at his wife and his daughter and said, "I I blew it, didn't I?" <laughs> and, you know, and they're going. So he went and got help to learn how to deal with his anger. It'd be, and then he was a well-known minister in that area, so it'd be probably kind of like, you know, Pastor Mike Melee, who's on TV a lot, beating somebody up at the corner of La Palco in Manhattan or something, you know. But but I mean, it's a busy intersection, or you know. Fortunately, I'm not on TV like that, so nobody. Who's that guy, you know? But. But you know, I mean, he was a well-known guy, and it wasn't Mike Milay. So don't anybody think that it was up in Mississippi that this happened. And and uh, and so my friend, you know, he went and got help. But we we don't want anger to control us. We don't want anger to control us. And probably all of us have these times we remember when anger got anger got hold of us. He said, "This don't let the sun go down while you're still angry." Heard one guy say, "Man, we stayed awake for three days trying to obey that scripture." It doesn't say don't go to sleep angry. It said, don't let the sun go down. So it puts it in a 24-hour period of time. In other words, don't go into another day mad. Deal with it today. and You know, just staying awake three days, that's not what this is talking about, all right? You might be less able to handle your anger with three days of no sleep. He said, and here's why Paul said this, anger gives the devil a foothold. You don't want the enemy who wants to destroy your relationship to have a foothold in your relationship. And so we, we don't want to do that. So uh, when we go to bed angry, we give him a foothold. So we, we you know, we don't want to, we, we want to handle our anger righteously and that's to deal with it. And, you know, there's different ways we fight. Some people do the silent thing where you just don't talk. You, you, you might even separate for a little bit, whatever. You're just a silent fighter. I'm, a, I'm not going to talk to you. And Or the, you got the huffing fighter. That's the one that's, you know, all over doing this and, uh, and, and all that. And, and um, you, you, listen, it's not going to blow over. you just got to deal with it. We've got to learn to fight fair. If you ask yourself some of these questions and answer them the right way and then hold your speech until it's time, most of us can have the kind of marriage that we want to have, kind of relationships with each other we want to have because God will work in your life. And and so if you've got a negative and critical attitude of your spouse, I believe you're on a slippery slope, slope to hopelessness. You've got to build that spouse up. You've got to look look for the good. What was the thing I think you said the other night? All good people have enough evil in them to, uh, to where they can't, can't say something evil, and all bad people have enough good in them where they can't say something evil about somebody else and so none of us need to say anything bad about each other. And, uh, and, and that's just the way it is. We, we need to build each other up and, uh, and, and we can see relationships, whether it's in our marriages, dating, friendships, work, and all that, turn around. Now, I know some of you are thinking, he better give me that last blank or uh, he's in trouble. So write this down. In times of conflict... I will fight for unity, not personal victory. I'll fight for unity, not personal victory. I'm going to fight for resolution, not just to prove I'm right. But we're going to we're going to achieve things. We're going to resolve the issues. You know what, let me just sometimes we like to yell at our kids or something like that, that doesn't fix anything. We like to yell at each other that doesn't fix anything. Look at what's going to resolve the issue and fight for unity. I want you to bow your heads and, and uh, we'll close out with some prayer and then the band will come up and we'll sing a song as we leave. But I want to give you an opportunity if you're here today and, and look, I had no control over anything, it didn't seem like, until I accepted Christ. He, he really changed my life. My thing was anger frustration and and temper and uh, and so when I received Christ he took that and changed that doesn't mean it doesn't ever rear its head but but I'm different than I was and so if you're here today and and maybe you don't have a relationship with Christ maybe you're you're watching online and you don't have a relationship with Christ I want to give you the opportunity because the way that you're going to be able to do to fight fair and to get along like we talked about is to have that relationship with christ because see i don't have to worry about whether somebody likes me or not i I want for people to like me but the main one i'm worried about is jesus liking me am i making him happy with what i'm saying and what i'm doing and how i'm acting and so i want to give you an opportunity if you don't know jesus as your savior if you've never just prayed and asked god to come into your life And to be your Savior, thank Him for forgiving you of your sins and to give you the power to live for Him. I want to give you that opportunity. I'm going to pray a prayer out loud. You pray it silently with me. If you're watching, if you're in here, dear God, I admit to you that I'm a sinner and I need a Savior. Jesus, thank you for dying on a cross for my sin. Jesus, come into my life and be my Savior and be my Lord. As best I can, Jesus, I give you control over my life. Give me the power to follow you and do what you want me to do. It's in your name I pray, Jesus. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, you can put it on your connection card. You can you can Facebook message me if you want, if you don't want to put it on the feed. But we need a fresh start, and God offers us a fresh start. You may be you maybe you've slipped away and you maybe you wanted to pray that prayer, but because you felt distant from God, and that's okay. But I want to—I want to encourage you. We're going to stand up. We're going to sing. But I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you. If you—if you are where you need to say, you know what? Hadn't been fighting fair. Hadn't been seeking God like I should. I'm going to see God in my relationships. I'm going to learn to fight fair. I just want you to raise your hands if you want to say, "Hey, look, I'm going to fight fair. I want to learn to fight fair. All my relationships at work." I mean it works sometimes we put stuff on Facebook right like I had to go pitch a fit and make a scene and all that that's not what we're talking about we want to honor Christ and all our disagreements that you just raise your hands up God you see these hands today Lord I pray that you help us to where we will say hey look I'm not going to fight to win in my relationships I'm going to fight fair I'm going to fight for resolution and unity God And and that's what you desire in our relationships is unity. So I want us all to stand up and and maybe if you're if you're seeking God's help and and all that, just just walk up to this altar. You know, this is a time I'm gonna pray for you. And uh, and maybe you said maybe you said, Hey, look, from this day on I'm gonna seek God. From this day on, I'm gonna fight fair in all my relationships. I'm gonna honor Christ with my behavior, with my words, and my attitudes. I just want you to come forward. And we'll just uh, just all be crowded up here. It's okay. COVID's gone in this church building, and so uh, just you come forward if, if you're saying, "Hey, I need more of God in my life. I need Him to control me." Maybe you've got a temper problem like I did, and you need God to handle that. How you handle anger, and uh, and so that you're not having to apologize to everybody, you know. And you a guy who lost his temper and lost an eighty-five thousand dollar year job at the same time. You don't want to be that person. So just walk up here. We want to pray for you today in your relationships. Y'all go ahead and start singing. We're going to sing and and uh, we're going to we're going to just pray. You come up here. You want you want to fight fair in your relationships, Father. You see, folks, as they're coming, God, give us the desire to seek you first above everything. Lord, to make you our number one and our spouse our number two. And God, as we keep that in order, everything else is going to fall into place, God. But Lord, we pray that you help us to fight fair. Lord, when we disagree with someone, whether it's our spouse, our work, co-workers, or friends, Lord, don't let us take them in a headlock and beat them in the head. Lord, let us, let us go for resolution, God. And so, Lord, you see these folks that have come forward that want you in their relationships. That say, hey, I want to learn to fight fair. I'm putting God first in my life. God, we know that when we put you first, you said you take care of everything else. And so, God, I thank you for these that came forward, God. I thank you for those that are a little bit timid about walking up to the front, that they want to put you first in their lives. They that Lord, they don't wanna they don't wanna to fight to win. They want to fight to honor you and to and ultimately, Lord, we win when we find unity, God. And so, Lord, we thank you. Give us the strength to honor you in everything, God, to put you first, Lord, to fight fair, to learn to fight fair, Lord, to to not sin by letting our anger control us, but to take charge of that anger and use it for righteousness, God.